This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. Holy Spirit faithfulness. And so we'll be looking at the community of the faithful ones. All of God's plans and programs are for communities. And and that starts from the very first time that God um, revealed himself unto us in the book of Genesis chapter 1. And there he told us clearly, he says, in the beginning God made heaven and earth. And then further down, around verse 26, he said, let us. So he was talking with a council, as it were, with a community. And we know that community is the community of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And not long after God made man, made Adam, he saw that Adam was not going to make it on his own. So God gave him a community, uh, albeit community of two, which later on grew bigger. And, And through, you can trace it through the scriptures, when God called Abraham out, Abraham at that time, and what he had in mind was, I want a community of a special people to himself. And then down the line until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, when he himself, you know, gathered a community for himself, uh, himself and his disciples, and that community has been growing since that time. So the, God works with community, doesn't work alone. Uh, on the day of Pentecost, when, you know, the church was essentially established, uh, God could have allow the Holy Spirit to fall on them individually, but decided to gather them together as a community. And that's how God filled them with the Holy Spirit, because they were gathered as a people together. So, uh, for a community to be, I think there are four or five things that must be present for any thing to be called a community. Number one, people must be there. People. At least more than one person. Amen. One person can't be a community. There's never a community of one, minimum of two people. Also, there must be principles that hold them together. There must be principles that hold them together. And these are laws and guiding principles. Uh, whether you're living in the Abadi City Council or you are living in the Shire or wherever you are living, there are principles that guide us, and these are laws. And that's why we're a community. That's why you can't just do anything there. There are principles for a community to be a community. There are also the purpose. You just don't have the purpose. Uh, sure, secular governments, they don't have well-defined purposes anymore. Uh, at best, they probably say, you know, just everybody to be happy, whatever to be at peace, everyone to be um, safe. Uh, but for the kingdom, we will define the purpose later on. Of course, there must be a principal. A principal, that is the head. There's no community without a head. It's going to be chaos. And so, all these are present. Doomed is a person who belongs to no community. Uh, and, and it could be very sad. I, I, I do come across all sorts of things that, you know, there was a particular place um, called the Snake Island. Has anyone heard of the Snake Island before? The Snake Island is just a few miles off the coast of Argentina, sort of Brazil, of Brazil, where Brazil and Argentina, they are not far from one another. And, uh, but the, the island actually belongs to Brazil. Now, on this island, it, it, it was discovered that it has the highest concentration of snakes in the world. And that's why it's called Snake Island. Uh, the sad part of the story that I had was that, uh, for some reason, the island happens to be on a shipping route. And then, um, 
that highlight, they put a lighthouse there so as to warn ships that are coming in so that they don't, you know, strike. You know what lighthouses do anyway. And so, you know, they left a particular person there, and I think a small family they were, to man that island. Um, and they were just on their own. Months later, they discovered that, you know, sadly, they have been beaten by snakes and they were dead. And so they were the last people that ever lived on that island. And I pondered, I said, Lord, may we not be alone. You know, I mean, it was sad. It was sad that if, I, if it had been that they were just not hoping that they would be okay staying on their own. If there had been a small dispensary there, there had been a small first aid there, possibly they could have lived. There had been someone who is checking on them regularly. I pray one more time, may you not be alone in Jesus' name. A community is very central, is very, very important. And um, the greatest of all communities is the community to which you belong. And I can easily prove that one. Why is it? Number one, our principal, the head of our community is the greatest of all. You agree with me? God is the greatest of all. Psalm 95 verse 3. He says he's the great king above all other gods. John 10, 29. John 10, 29. He said, my father is greater than all. So if our principal is the greatest of all principals, then let's see what this leads us. Also, our purpose is the greatest purpose. First Peter chapter 2. He said, we are royal priesthood that we may show for the praise of him who has called us out of darkness to his marvelous light. So we are, have the greatest purpose. The church has the greatest purpose for living under the sun. Of course, our principles are the greatest. Matthew 22, Matthew 22, verse 37. Our, 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 our principles are the greatest. He said, there are no other greatest, Lord, that thou should love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Um, and... Um, uh, 37, I mean, Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. 38, please, if we may. Uh, this is the first and great commandment. He said the second is like unto it, up to verse 40. Thou shall love your neighbor. So if we have the greatest principle, we have the greatest purpose, we have the greatest principles of living, then we must be the greatest people. You agree with me? And so rejoice in that. You are part of the greatest community ever. And this church community is part of the greatest community ever. And if we excise community amongst community, we can choose to be the greatest community in this city if we choose to. And I think God is challenging us as a group of people. You have your head. is the best of all. is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You have the greatest purpose to live for. It's something to grasp with. We have the greatest principles to live by. When people are looking for the best principles to live by, what do we do on WhatsApp, on internet? Every time people are suggesting the best what to eat, what not to eat, what to drink, what not to drink. Believe you me, right inside the scriptures, you have everything, the best principle for living there. And you have the best principle, you have the best purpose for living. People are dying because they have no purpose, but we have a purpose to live. Hallelujah. We are the greatest people. Hallelujah. And we should rejoice in that. Now, the measure of a community is in faithfulness. How they gel together. How they work together. How they run together. And that's why, you know, in, in, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, he said, this thing that I, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, he said, this thing that I commit into your hand, give unto faithful men who will also be able to teach other people. All about what? Faithfulness. All about faithfulness. Matthew 25, verse 21. Matthew 25, verse 21. He was talking about on the last day, what will we hear the Lord say to us? That welcome you, good and faithful servant. Oh, Lord, help us to be a faithful community. Help us to be a faithful community. Now, we focus on the role of our principal today, the Holy Spirit. 
the role of our leader. We'll focus on him today. Number one, he assigns roles and ensures that the roles fit together very well. I take that again. The Holy Spirit, who is our principal, he assigns roles for members of this community, and he makes sure that the roles given unto various members, we can all fit together and work perfectly together. First Corinthians chapter 12 speaks volumes and loads about God giving gift unto different people in the church. I think it's worth reading verses 4 to 6, please. First Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 to 6. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. And he lists a few things of which he has given unto the church. In your good time, is worth reading. Verse 11 concludes it, just to tell us the principal is the one that shares all these gifts, I say. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as what he wills. He is in charge. Hallelujah. He is in charge. Faithfully giving unto us roles that we are to fulfill, roles that we are to play, and make sure it fits together. Now, if he's the one that gives us what are some of the responsibilities that we have, number one, there should be no room for jealousy or envy. If he's the one that distributes it, then he gives as he thinks fit. There's no room for jealousy or envy. Someone is an expert in, you know, making sure everything is in order. Let's celebrate that person. Someone is in charge of singing. You don't need to necessarily want to be like that person. Number two, find your place and start functioning there. That's still under assigning of rules. Find your own place and do what? Start functioning there. Romans chapter 12 verse 3. Romans 12 verse 3. Tells us about, for I say through the grace given to me, to everyone that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly and God, sorry, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So God has given everyone something to do. Also, because the Holy Spirit is the one that assigns roles, and you need to start thinking seriously, what is my role in the local church? What is my role in this community? May the Lord reveal it unto you. If he's the one that signs through, what are we to take note of again? Take note that you don't need to bother marking someone else's work. You don't need to bother marking someone else's script. It is not in your place. He says that, you know, um, in Romans chapter 14, verse 4, he says, unto, unto his master he falls all right. Romans 14, verse 4. He said, be not... He said, who are you to judge another person's servant? To his, to his own master, he stands or fall. Indeed, God will help him to stand, and he will be able to stand. Stop marking. I've seen people, and it breaks my heart. You know, they've been given assignments to do. I know they're not doing their assignment, but they are commenting about other people's assignments. And it's so sad. You know, they, they, they sit in judgment, you know, who is speaking well, who is, who is singing well, who is not singing well. Who is, and you can sense that what you've been given to you, you're not doing it yourself. Oh, may the Lord deliver us in Jesus' name. And as a writer to that, please be respectful of the principal. Because if you're not respectful of him, that is when you question his decision. That's when you start to be the judge and you use up the authority that belongs unto him. Okay, so number one, we finish that. He assigns roles and ensures that the roles 
fit together very well. Number two, he provides resources for the various roles. And I may spend a little bit of time on this one. He, the Holy Spirit, provides resources for the various roles that have been given. Number one resource, power, Acts chapter 1 verse 8. And you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You need power. Hallelujah. Oh man, you need power. You need power to run the race every day. And don't take it for granted. You need power. Why do you need power? Because there are forces that are working against you. And you need power to repel them. We need power. We also need confidence, and it's the one that supplies that confidence. In Romans chapter 8, verse 15, Romans chapter 8, verse 15, we read quite a lot of scriptures, so if I can have many hands there, thank you very much, you're doing very well. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit of adoption is the Holy Spirit. And is by him, he said, no one can call God blessed except by the Holy Spirit. And no one can call Jesus a cause except by the fact that the Holy Spirit is lacking the life of the person. He is the one that works in us and gives us the confidence. You will be shocked. There is not everyone that has the boldness to call God Father. You, you, you are used to that. Has anybody read the book by one woman called Birki Sheikh? He said, I dare call him father. You know, uh, the woman is Pakistani, an aristocrat uh, Pakistani. And um, I've, I've read through the book. And you'll be shocked that it's not everyone that has the liberty to call God father. She was of a religion, was then. She is a Christian now, firebrand. You know, that you just can't call God. And the thought is humility, the thought, but... It's not just because the thought. It's because that spirit is not there to make you to be free. Let you enter somebody else's father's house. And you will discover that you are not free to move there. You enter your father's house and you will be surprised how easily you move. No matter how close your friends are. There's some, there's some holding back that they will have. I don't expect any of my friends as close as we are to come in and jump on my bed. But you... My children, you right from outside, they, they can somersault ten times on the bed. Even though you keep shouting, don't, don't jump, don't jump, they say, they just ignore you. There's something about children that make you to take the liberty. I hope you are a child of God. That's a liberty we have with God because we are his children. And not everybody that has it. If you have it, give thanks to the Holy Spirit. He's the one that gives us that ability and that liberty to call him Father. And Abba Father is a word of endearment. We know it means what? Daddy. And so, you know, uh, of course, when people are struggling with calling God Father, and then somebody rose up one day, started calling him Daddy. You know, our Daddy G, our General Vassar. You can imagine the air that he drew. You can imagine the all sorts of looks that he drew. But it takes relations to be able to call him Father. Father, we thank you for being our Father. And I hope you appreciate that day by the hallelujah. You appreciate that. What sort of resources that the Holy Spirit supplies? He gives us wisdom. Amen. Wisdom. We cannot work or walk together without wisdom. Wisdom gives us the inside, the oversight, the hindsight, the foresight, all the sides of a matter so that we make the right choice. Oh, you know, when people have made errors, they say it's an error of judgment. They said, you know, they, they, there's a lapse in wisdom for them. 
And the Holy Spirit is the word that supplies wisdom. Most of the relationship problem we are having, you know the source? It's wisdom. We talk when we should not talk. We don't talk when we should talk. And more often than not, it's only the Holy Spirit that can work this in us and make us to function the way we ought to. David was a perfect example of a man who understood very clearly this issue of wisdom. You know, there was a time that, you know, very early in his, in his rulership that a man came unto him. You know, he said, I was the one that killed Saul and was trying to ingratiate himself unto David. What did David do? Right there and there, he gave him judgment. Summary, execution. Then there's another man who happened to be his nephew. And that man was with him right from day one. Throughout, it was a thorn in his flesh. You know him, Joab. Hard guy. Because of wisdom. You know what David did? He didn't do anything. He waited. May God give you the wisdom to know when to wait. The wisdom to know when to act. Many of us, we have rushed to act. And we are probably suffering the pain now. Perfect. Very clever man. He, he never, even when that guy killed two others who happened to be great generals like him, David showed his displeasure, he showed his anger, but he kept him there. Sometimes your enemies are best kept alive and not dead. Because that bad enemy that Joab was, he was good enough to help keep other problems at bay. And somebody says, sometimes it's good to keep your enemy close to yourself. You remember? Uh-huh. Because it's right under your supervision. Some of you, we keep chasing your enemy. We keep them close. Amen. In actual fact, I give them assignments. You know, you have a major thing to do. Oh, you're surprised. I'm telling you that one. They said, it is thief that you give the control of the house to. It's a thief. You are leaving. Don't hide it. You just say, a thief. Don't call him thief, though. And say, I'm going. I'm leaving. They say, well... Please help me watch this thing. You will find it when you come back. May God give us wisdom. Wisdom to relate to people. I repeat it again. Some marriages are struggling because we are not acting in wisdom. We talk too much. We jump to conclusion. Times we're supposed to just calm down and let some issues we naturally dissipate. Some will. Some issues we naturally, out of their own volition, burn out. But sometimes we make things worse by jumping in. Wisdom is another resource that the Holy Spirit supplies. And if the community will work and we work as a faithful community, wisdom must be there. Because of our time, very quickly, another one are right words. Right words. Luke chapter 12, verses 11 to 12. Luke 12, verses 11 and 12. It mentions that now when they bring you to the synagogues and magistrates and authorities, do not worry about how or what you should answer or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Ah, Holy Spirit teach us in that very hour. Amen. That very moment. So you don't need to plan. That at that very moment, the Holy Spirit will put the right word. When you are provoked, he will give you the right words. When you are relaxed, he will give you the right words. Because relaxation is killing some other people. When you are relaxed, you start talking what you should not talk. Some, when they are provoked, they say what they should not say. When you are stressed, when you are praised or celebrated, all these things, they call for the right response or else a person may struggle. And it's the Holy Spirit that can give one so that our community can be a faithful community, free of strife, free of trouble, but bound together. And that's why when the Holy Spirit came, where did he first land on the human body? He landed on the head. Where did he first manifest? 
in the mouth. It's, it's, it's not by accident. Because the mouth is so important. James chapter 3, verse 2. He said, if anyone is perfect in word, he's a perfect person. May I suggest, pray Psalm 143, 141, verse 3 every morning and touch your lips. Many of us that we try to keep quiet is because in time past, we have used our mouth to cause ourselves problem. If you have not, God bless you. But I'm sure somewhere along the line, you must have given yourself, maybe you don't even know the source of your problem. It's important that we release our mouth unto the Lord so that he can take hold of our mouth and use it for his glory. Matthew chapter 12, we cannot but read that one just to let you know that if we will, Matthew chapter 12, verse 32, just to let us know the importance of the tongue. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him either in this age or in the age to come. Wow. The only sin against, the only unforgivable sin is what? Is the sin of the, is the sin of the mouth. That's the only unforgivable sin. The sin of the mouth. If anyone has not been concerned about their mouth before, if you read that one, it is wise for you to be very concerned. Verse 36 of the same chapter 12, verse 36, what does it say? But I say to you that for every idle word, men may speak, and women too, please. They will give account of it in the day of judgment. Verse 37. For by your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be... May we be justified by our words. May we be justified by our words. Another resource, just mention two more before I move on to the next point. Another resource is emotional stability. When you see a group of people who are emotionally unstable, everybody is on edge. There cannot be, it cannot be a faithful community. It cannot be a community of faithful ones. Emotional stability. Romans chapter 14, verse 17. Romans 14, 17. And there are dire statistics outside there talking about how emotionally unstable our generation is. People are up and down. What our parents and grandparents could take very well, many of us were collapsing and crumbling under it because we live in a time of serious emotional instability. And that's part of the work of the enemy. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's a stable life. A life of peace, a life of joy, a life lived in righteousness. And that's why Philippians chapter 4 verse 7 when he prayed that the peace which passes all understanding, that's an emotional stable person. And who can supply the Holy Spirit himself? He's the one that can supply that for us. And that's why it was said of our Lord Jesus Christ, he has done all things well. Hallelujah. May you do all things well. John chapter 16 verse 13. We need depth of revelation and understanding. That's another resource. We can't leave them all, but I pick this one that I believe are applicable to us. Depth of wisdom and understanding. John 16, 13. He said, however, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit leads us into depth of truth. Many a times, what separates two people is the amount of depth of revelation and understanding they have, nothing more. When you see someone talking from the position of superficiality, you will know. When you see someone talking from a position of deep conviction, you will know. 
We were here on Wednesday. I was stammering to communicate what I was saying, but it was from a deep conviction that things need to change. And many a times like that, you carry that deep conviction. You don't know how to express it. But somehow people will get it. And I said, look, there's something he's trying to say. Conviction is the greatest thing. And the Holy Spirit can give you. When he gives you the understanding to know what you are doing. Why do some people strive for holiness? Some don't. Why do some people strive to please God? Some don't. It's understanding. Some understand the repercussion. Not just the repercussion, but the benefits as well. And I pray the Holy Spirit will take us to the depth of understanding. There was a very funny story in Acts chapter 19. Where there was a group of people. They, they, in fact, what you have been thinking they were guilty of, I believe it's not what they were guilty of. Let's look at that a little bit more closely to drive home the point. Acts chapter 19, verse 13, please. Acts chapter 19, verse 13. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of Jesus, uh, the name of the Lord Jesus, over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Let's read verse 14 so that everybody can follow the story very well in case we've forgotten them. Also, there were several sons of Sceva, a Jewish priest who did so. All right? Verse 15, please. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? The rest of the story the, the man in whom the evil spirit was lived on them, overpowered them, prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that place naked. And uh, what was the problem with these guys? Anybody? What was the problem with them? Eh? They don't have a relationship with Jesus. Good. Good. They don't have a, but worse than that, they didn't have knowledge. Do you know that in verses 1 to 7, another group of people who were ignorant, exposed their ignorance, they were here. Go to verse 1, please. It's worth looking at. Just to tell you the difference between danger and safety is understanding and knowledge. And it happened while Apollos was occurring that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and found some disciples. Let's move quickly and say to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. They are, were ignorant, they exposed their ignorance, and in verse 3, they were rewarded. And he said to them, into what day were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Verse 4, please. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who will come after him. So he gave them the teaching, and verse 5, very quickly, please. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then verse 6, he mentioned that there were just about 12 of them that were there, and they also spoke in tongues, verse 7. Now, Going a little bit further, that this one, they saw this one speaking in tongues, they saw power given, but they didn't have the understanding that the first set of people had, and they ran into danger. Lord, give us understanding. Give us understanding. And as we walk in understanding, we are absolutely sure we shall break through in Jesus' name. All these resources and more are available for our community. They are available for you. Emotional stability. Turn unto him. He's faithful to release it unto you. Hallelujah. Turn unto him. He faithfully supplies. For the right words to speak at the right time. Turn unto him. At the interview, turn unto him. The words that will not get into trouble, turn unto Jesus. For revelation and understanding of where you are, where you are going. For wisdom, for confidence. 
For every other thing we have mentioned, turn unto Jesus and we release them. Number three and finally, of what our principal does for this, our community of faithful ones. Before I begin to round up. He directs and supervises an efficient system. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit directs and supervises an efficient system. A community of believers where the Holy Spirit is not allowed full control will ultimately be inefficient. There will be so much effort going in, so much result coming out. When you do church without the Holy Spirit, you sweat for nothing. When you do church with the Holy Spirit, you find that you put in a little, you get a huge result. That's what it's all about. And he's the one that is in charge. He directs and supervises it. In Acts chapter 8, there was a man preaching in, uh, in uh, where was he? He was preaching in Samaria. In the midst of that revival, the Holy Spirit came and took him away from there. That was efficiency. He said, we have finished what you are doing there. Sometimes we are flogging the dead horse. Sometimes what God has got no plan for, we have made him our number one priority. But when we depend upon him, this is the year of the Holy Spirit. May we go into a deeper relationship with him. May we know him more. May we depend upon him to call and tell us exactly what we need to do. It's about time the prophetic utterances need to be coming from amongst us because that's what God wants to do here. It's about time that, you know, you are not just on your own. Someone is there standing by you, receiving a word and sharing it with you. It's about time you come and say, you know, pastor, the Lord revealed this unto me more than we have done before. If this is the year of the Holy Spirit, it's about time that less emphasis should be upon just a few people to, to support us, but everyone should bring something to the table. It's about time. It is not somebody's, nobody has the monopoly of the Spirit of the Lord. He is for all. And he is crying out unto everyone today that if we're going to be an efficient system, everyone must start to function where God has called them to do. The kingdom of God is about cooperation. It's not about competition. You are there to complete one another, not to compete with one another. And many times, people always rush to the place where they think is drawing a lot of public, you know, um, kind of public gaze, you know, you, you, people that do public ministry. I wish, and I can't sacrifice what God has called me to do for anything. Sometimes I wish I'm a backroom operator. Sometimes I wish, but I cannot be rude unto the principal. What he has given me to do, that's what I must do joyfully. And whatever he has given you to do, do it joyfully. Don't, don't want to be something else. You probably will not survive it. Don't try to be somebody else. Because everyone has been wired for a particular thing, and it is the prerogative of the Spirit of the Lord to make them to function where God has called them to be. This community of the faithful ones, I pray, number one, we will recognize that our head ever is faithful. And we will always turn to him. Number two, we must recognize that our help will help us. That is, our head will help us to stay faithful to one another. It's about time, folks, that we wake up and be ready to function so that we all shall not be shortchanged. Hallelujah. 
Sooner than later, you'll be seeing a lot of the younger children coming up. I'm trying to draw out a program for them. Let them get involved. It's getting to a stage in which some of us are feeling not as young as we used to. It's getting to that stage. And no matter how much you try to push yourself, there's a limit to which you can. So let the younger generation empower your children from your home. Empower the younger children in the church. You see them. They may not reside in your home, but they are still part. They say it takes a village to raise a child. I mean, lovingly, we debated that before. Let's lovingly correct and guide these children. God may lay it in your heart to work with you little ones. And I know, you know, by the special grace of God, you might be the one that will be the help for them so that they can be what God wants them to be. Are we a community of faithful ones? Or are we just a community bound together loosely by no purpose? I know there's a purpose that God has called you to my life. I know there's a purpose God has called me to your life and to each other's life. Let's make it work. Amen? Let's make it work. That is the challenge I brought for us today. God is faithful. Let us be faithful to one another. Let's bow our heads to pray. Hallelujah. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.